0: everybody and welcome to life on point. Do us a huge favor if you are watching this, however you're watching this, if you're listening to us, go to your your podcast subscriber or go to YouTube and give us a five-star review. Leave us a comment, share it, do whatever you can do to help get the word out. And today should be, according to Zach, Christmas Day. And we're gonna run this on Christmas Day. So we're in your in your home right there on Christmas Day celebrating and, uh, and you guys are celebrating the birth of Christ, and, and you have presents and trees and all the great, wonderful things and festivities that go on with Christmas. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas today. And with me, as usual, lead pastor, Chris Vault, And then we have with us a guy named Jared, who has a cool man bun.
1: What's up, guys? Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Now, Jared's one of our interns, and he is... He's relatively a deep um, thinker, so I just wanted to have him on here to kind of pry into his, his cute little man bun mind. And and so that's what this we're going to This is a trap. Do. This has all been a trap. It's all a trap. He's a trap. So anyway, seriously. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. Um, so it's Christmas, and uh, yeah, we're recording this about 10 days before Christmas or so. Yeah. And uh, and so um, and so we're just going to sit around and talk about the things that Christmas is, things that Christmas isn't, uh, even some reflections on Christmas personally. Uh, any of those kind of things, kind of surprising them with questions, kind of do that sometimes, and um, and so we're going to start off uh, with with uh, I, we get we get we've been asked this a few times, um, at least I have, and we're not going to go into details, not a place or time, I'm just going to get it out of the way. Uh, <laughs> December twenty fifth, <25th. laughs> what is the deal with December twenty fifth, and why on earth would that be picked, and then why is it so important? And why does it matter? Or does it?
2: <laughs> well, first of all, so I'm going to throw this back at you here in just a moment. Go for it. Since you're so well read on, mm-hmm. on why December 25th was chosen, <laughs> that's why he picked this question. It is not. Um, I, would lo- I would say that um, the date in itself – isn't what's so important about Christmas. That's right. And it's. I think it's very important for us to make that clear uh, because you're always going to have a critic or a skeptic to say, if I can prove the date wrong, then that invalidates the, the Christmas message. Exactly right. yeah. The date has nothing to do with the Christmas message. Nowhere in Scripture does it give us December 25th. So mm-hmm. when yeah. someone wants to use that as an argument against the truth of Christmas, of God sending mm-hmm. his son, Immediately, you can throw that out the window. It that it has nothing to do with the date. I agree. Christmas is about an event. Now, there are reasons, as you'll bring up, why December twenty fifth was chosen as uh, the church's day to recognize it. Uh, and just like most things, you 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 need something to call you back. To focus, remembrance. So having a date, yeah. And if you read the Old Testament, yep. God specifically, over and over and over and over and over again, with the Hebrew people, would have them create monuments, altars. He did, or set days aside, yep. and he would even say days by the setting of the sun or the moon. You know, he would talk about seasons. And it was regular occurrences that he would have them remember special moments that he had done in the life of Israel by, right? What greater event in the history of the world for us to remember than God becoming flesh and coming for us to come into our mess, right? So December 25th is a date where we get to call the entire world Hey, stop for a moment and think about the truth of Christmas. Yep. So. Got anything, Jared?
1: I think if I did add anything, it would be that um, if you've ever heard anybody suggest that Christmas has um, pagan origins, you know, whether it be the Christmas tree or wreaths or or anything of the sort. I, I know somebody who every year she always makes a similar Facebook post, sweet lady, but she always points to how Christmas has these... Um, so it has its roots in certain practices. And I want to let everybody know at home that regardless of how Christmas originated, I think this should be a story of victory, that early Christians took what they knew in the uh, day and age and the culture that they were in, and they applied it to Christ, and they used these practices to then um, help celebrate Christ. And this this just changed over time. And so whatever history you might hear, don't be discouraged that you can't celebrate Christmas and you can't make it about Christ in your own home. Mm-hmm.
0: No, it's hundred percent. Y'all hundred percent correct in both cases. We know it really doesn't matter what the date is. I know everybody okay. wants to make such a big deal out of, and usually it's from an argumentative standpoint. Right. It's interesting. And I'll just, like I said, there are some trappings that were added like years later. Uh, it's interesting about the early earliest church, like the first two or three generations into the church. Um, they didn't, think about the the birth the nativity part they did mm-hmm. not it was strictly 100 up to that point about 200 years or so right where they literally only focus on the resurrection, resurrection that was right. the focus of the church was the resurrection and uh and so whenever and after you know fourth century or so we start seeing dates start mentioned in the mid to late two, 200s and into the 300s and uh and so there was a lot of a speculation, and yes, there were some pagan trappings that happened just with just about everything. Because, well, I don't know if you guys realize this, but we were all from pagan roots, so yeah, yeah. we adopted <laughs> a lot of things that we did. Now, it's interesting with the church even today that this to this very day, the Eastern Orthodox uh, celebrated on January 6th, right. the Nativity, and the and the Western was always in December, and uh, so there's always this bit of a split. But it's interesting though, if you really look hardcore at it. So people just want to know. Part of the reasons why the dates are what they are, it's Jewish in its nature, which is interesting because if you don't know anything about what Constantine did, is they removed a lot of the Jewish nature of of most of the things we do that we practice. That's what they, his intent was was to er- eradicate because uh, it's a very anti-Semitic time. Mm-hmm. And but the one of the things he missed was the date. Um, and that was the earliest the the if you go back into Talmud and and the other. Uh, recorded uh, instances of celebrations within the Jewish people. They believe that big events like the birth of Joshua, Moses, they were they were born and they died on the same date. All mm. right. So and so and so in, in the Christian tradition was that if he was they kind of nailed down his his birth right and, it, and for most of them it was the they you put it on the 25th day I believe of May right and so by by virtue of that he was born nine months the other direction. So he was born December 25th and he died May 25th Mm. and that's the way they treated it. And it kind of stayed there. Mm. And, and so same thing's true within the orthodoxy. They also, they play, they say he was born May 6th or yeah, May 6th. So therefore it's January 6th. That makes sense. So they do this whole nine month gap that they're literally born on exact born and died that all major events. They believe Joshua was born and died on the same date, in yeah. the calendar, and so they have kind of elaborated it kind of that a tradition way. Tradition that it came, it, up. it came up. It was a, it was a mm-hmm. traditional Jewish thought, mm-hmm. and uh, and again, like you said, at over over the centuries, we've added different customs based on, really, to be honest with you, based off whatever area of the world you lived in. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of changes a little bit different in the South than it is in the Midwest, a little bit different in the Northeast, a little bit different in the, in, in the West. And the mm-hmm. last I checked, that's exactly what makes it a beautiful thing because I think that's what the Bible talks about is us, us spreading the gospel through, through who we are. You know what I mean? Through what we, who we are as a people. And I have zero tra- issues with some of the trappings that happened.
1: You know, speaking of the South, on a on a lighter note, I have a friend that lives in in Brazil, and I was talking to him, uh, him recently about um, some of the things that we do during Christmas, and it occurred to me that they have Christmas in the summer.
0: Mm. They do, and mm-hmm. and
1: this seems so obviously mm-hmm. true, but it's something that you don't tend to think <clears> about, right? And I I said you have Christmas in the summer, <laughs> the middle. Have of you summer. never heard I'm dream, dreaming of a white Christmas? You know, <laughs> and so uh, just on a lighter note, it's kind of you funny. Know, in to Brazil, they have probably
2: never seen a snowflake. You know, how, you know how <laughs> I figure that
1: out
0: point. though. This, this is sad. You know how I figured that out? watching the Wiggles because Wiggles. Wiggles do Christmas songs and they do the song Christmas time in the Yeah, That
2: is a bad
1: one. Go ahead. It keep is. Going. But no, that was it. That was it. I just, I just thought that was kind of funny. So yeah. So they yeah. have middle of
0: middle of their summer months mm-hmm. is Christmas, which is mind blowing because they don't get the whole white Christmas idea. No. I mean, I see at all. why yeah, exactly. Why. And so oh. that's, that's kind of the point, you know, it's like, um, uh, it's culturally not relevant. And right. so, yeah,
2: and I want to I, I want to jump in back on what both of you guys have been talking about the last couple of moments. It's really not about the date. It's We've not. established that. <clears throat> it's about what happened, right? right? And, you know, if you, if you think about it, summer, winter, it really doesn't matter. Okay. So don't let that become an issue for you wherever you're at in the world and wherever you celebrate. Just acknowledge that he has come. He came. And celebrate it. And... I believe we're supposed to redeem the time. I believe that's what Scripture teaches. We redeem the time. So, yeah, in America, so let's talk about Western culture. Western culture jumps on December 25th. Whenever, wherever you're watching from, whenever the celebrations come, the principle is this. Uh, Are there traditions about Christmas in our country or in the Western world that have nothing to do with Jesus and have pagan origin? Absolutely. Does that mean we're all pagans by... (laughs) You know, if we put up a Christmas tree or so on by association, right? No. Uh, God looks at the heart and the yep. intent. And wisdom would be take what is already there and redeem it. That's right. Yeah. Turn That's it around. Bring the gospel in play, mm. right? Um, sometimes we deal with this around Halloween. Yep. You know, we don't celebrate right. Halloween. We, celebrate, we we created our own Jesus right. festival, right? Right we still give away candy and some are like, well, you're, you're playing with, you know, a pagan holiday, an evil holiday. And my answer is usually my, my response is always the same. So where in scripture does Satan get to have a day? Mm, right. Where does scripture say, I give you 364 days. We give the devil one. It's nowhere in scripture. True. Why don't want give him Christmas either? Even if there are some pagan issues, let's redeem it. Let's turn it around. Let's take the gospel to the culture in that period. Let's use what is there. When Jesus was preaching to farmers, how did he preach to farmers? Talked about seed. He picked up a handful of seed and said a sower went out to sow seed. When he's preaching to fishermen, what did he do? Talked about it. He talked about fishing for men, right? He's talking about fishing. I I just believe that as believers – We realize every day is God's day. That's right, and we redeem whatever we have before us, and let's turn the tide and get the gospel out.
0: Yeah, Paul picked up the same principles whenever he whenever he would speak to certain groups of people, he would utilize even he would even look out into the courtyard
2: and say, "Hey, unknown gods, you know, he'd talk about their gods." To the Greeks, he became a high intellectual. Used his intellect. Yep. To the Jew. He used Jewish history in the Torah. Mm-hmm. He was a Jew. Of the Jews. To the yes. Jew, I'm a Jew. To the Romans, I become a Roman. Yep. It, it depends on who, but his message didn't change. No. He just met people where they were. And I think that's important this Christmas. Meet people where they are, mm. point them to Jesus. It's not really about a tree, it's not about the presence, it's about the Messiah.
1: It's almost as though Christmas is, a, is very similar to the modern church in a sense, right, is the way that you convey the message through um, the mediums that we use. Um, I think the same
2: can be said about Christmas and its traditions. Yeah, buildings, music, technology, none of those things are biblical or scriptural in mm. and of and by themselves. No, nope. But they can all be tools yep. Yep. used to further the kingdom.
0: That's mm. totally off subject, but whenever you said it, it reminded me. Satan thought he had one day. Yes. And that was the day that Jesus died on the cross. Yes. Mm. He thought he had it. Yeah. He and just like Christmas, just like just like Halloween or any of the other holidays, guess what? He didn't win those days either and they're not his days. He
2: only has it if we as Christians stay silent. That's right. That's
0: good. I mean, we use we use uh we make we make a big deal out of Halloween because that's when people in this culture, gather, yep. and if they're going to gather, we're going to be the message of Christ there. And if you don't, you're dropping the ball, the way I see
2: it. Mm. So and they're going to gather whether we promote it or or preach against it. We might as well make yeah. so a healthy let's environment turn it for the gospel. Exactly. exactly let's right. get them away from the world celebration and bring them to a Jesus celebration. Exactly right? Right. That's how we view it.
0: And so, since we've looked at some of the traditions that supposedly influenced our uh, our our Christmases and our celebrations, what are some? Um, so uh, what are some traditions in the vault household or
2: the. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, You're going to keep elaborating or are you just going to stop oh, right can, there? What's, what's something you guys do that seems to be
0: like, like a, a, something you guys do that may be different than. Everybody else, or heck, maybe just do the same old things everybody else does. I don't you know. wanted
1: some time to think about it. Yeah, well, yeah same I was thing for to you. Stall a little bit. Same thing you know? for you, Jared. He, I, you know, I have tons of things to share, but he asked you first. It's only polite
2: to well, let is you. Is that go. right? Yeah, I like, appreciate yes. that. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, people would probably be bored at you know with the vault family Christmas if they're looking for something <laughs> unique and super spiritual. Um, our joy comes uh, on uh, Christmas morning. When, you know, they're yep. at the house, Lisa usually fixes the same Christmas breakfast we have every year. Um, um, it, is a, it is a special type of bread, a, a, a monkey bread type Cool deal. Um, I'm not real big on it, but once a year it's really good <laughs> at Christmas. So, kind of like a uh, deal with it. Yeah. Re- but, you know, it has a special meaning for us. We get up and we enjoy just being together. Uh, talking, we'll open gifts and just quite just have personal family time. A little bit yep. later, then um, you know we'll start gathering with family and friends. And uh, when all our kids get to come together, um, and we give you know, our adult grown kids you know their own time, and then we mm-hmm. try to get together later. Um, Rochelle. Has a uh, a special dish, a dessert that she makes every year, and we all look forward to it. She has; they have their own special breakfast, and then a special dessert. It's mm. awesome, cranberries involved, and you know, I got peppermint in my coffee. It's just a good day. It's very relaxed for us, yep. And uh, it's just spending time with family, and of course, we will spend time giving praise for what it's really all about, talking about the blessings of the Lord, and mm. just being reminded.
1: I feel like I'm in the wrong household. All this talk of food tradition—I don't have oh, any of man. those. Got to have food traditions um, at Christmas. I will say that my wife and I—we treat it as important to pray before we open gifts, That's which awesome. you can imagine That's our children good. love. Oh yeah, and um, <laughs> Wait a minute. To, don't open. Yes, to remind That's ourselves, our heads, children. <laughs> and um,
2: man,
1: you spiritual. Man. And I got <laughs> yeah. well. It, it's brief, you know. It's, it's really just to prepare Quick myself prayer. of the disappointment that my wife will. We'll see when I, I'm horrible at giving gifts or, or giving gifts, you know. And she's excellent at it. But, um, but I want to say on top of that, it's very important to my wife to continue to look for traditions to add. And mm-hmm. I, and I love to see her explore what she can, what the creativity she can find within our family. But what I like specifically about it is that I think that she's trying to. Um, make the day memorable for our children so then they can remember the prayers of what Mm -hmm. it's all about, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's the connection there that I think is really a a beautiful thing that she's trying to do. And
2: That makes me think of one other piece that we do have at ours that my mother-in-law actually brought into the family unit. Um, And as every year, everyone gets a very unique, personalized ornament. Mm, Yep. I and it that. has something to do with a highlight in that individual's life. Mm, nice. And you know, it's like, okay, it's just an ornament, but it is very special to our family because it, it shows the, an acknowledgement, a recognition of some special moment for us personally in our lives that year. So I do have to add before I get into big trouble that
1: we do make cookies with her family. Yeah, um, you know, Kayla's watching, I, taking notes so, right now. Um, there are things you know that we do that I didn't mention, and that she would, <laughs>
2: she would, she would remember, she would recall and, immediately. And I'm sure, and, I'm and sure I, there's things that, that you know I mentioned Rochelle's pie. I'm sure there's things right. Charity cooks and stuff too that uh, just slip your mind, slip my mind at the moment. But yeah. So yeah, well, I love big, all my children.
1: <laughs> I'm not, well, we make sugar in, cookies and I'm not in a the big,
2: South. We call this crawfish. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're crawfish. So <laughs> <that's about
1: laughs>
0: the house yeah. Yeah. Uh, ours is different. I mean, our kids are in that weird era age where they're between. So we're starting to get grandkids. So I'm assuming it's going to change here. Oh, so much fun, bro. And, uh, and so we've always, one thing's for sure. We, as we ate Thanksgiving, we all knew then we really didn't want ham, nor did we want turkey again. Really? Mm. And so usually that's whenever we would make, cause I know Zach's Sunburst. over there. Zach's been over before and, uh, and Phil, one of our guys, one of our friends. And, uh, we make a lot of, uh, of interesting dishes. We'll make like pasta dishes. Yeah. Uh, my wife makes mani- <laughs> my wife makes manicotti, which is really, really good. Uh, we'll make, uh, some kind of, uh, other, we'll make different dishes that aren't your typical Christmas dishes. Okay. And then, uh, that would be that evening, but that morning, our kids, I, mean, I know Micah, she's 19 now. We'll be 19 here shortly. She still gets up like the crack of dawn once we really? go down. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, and so the whole family, the, since we've all gotten married and everything and, and more spread apart, they all get there. We don't do anything until they get there. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. still, uh, so it's literally usually about 9 o'clock now instead of yeah. 5 in the morning. Yeah. But they get there about 9. And you're right, we just kind of hang out. It's real, real low-key. Kids all open all their stuff. They all and I and we have this thing I do and I got it from my dad where they hand me all mine and I wait to the end why I don't know but I wait and then I pick them each each one of them up and I try to guess what they are before because that way he would shake it hold it up to the light and try to look through it he would smell it and do all these things and then say you know socks mm. and because uh, you know pretty much kids always get their dad the same things a lot of the times it seems so mm. it's pretty easy after a yeah. while. And uh, and so that's I kind of kept that tradition going on. So I just make them do the whole guessing game, mm. and make them get uh, let me guess what they have gotten me, mm-hmm. and see if they ever surprise me. They do. My kids actually uh, are pretty. Jan always makes sure he did the, the ornament thing. She does ornaments for everybody as well, and the, the stockings are the real personal stuff. Oh, it's okay. like you know what everybody's. It's like, it's going to be chocolate in Hannah's. Hannah's a big chocolate nut. So everybody comes up with the coolest, the best of the best chocolate stuff to put in Hannah. So everybody kind of knows uh, what everybody's big personal little things are. And that goes inside of there. Caleb always gets nutcrackers. He's Mm. always been, he's collected nutcrackers since he was a little boy. And so everybody gets their own little thing like that. And so,
2: so whatever your yeah. special little tradition is, go ahead and put it in the comments in so comments. we all can enjoy. Maybe we'll all get some new traditions out of that this. That would
0: be awesome. Speaking of traditions and arguments and debates and controversy, do you guys have a Christmas movie that you guys like find particularly wonderful? And the reason is a controversy because I've you know, I started saying back in the nineties that that Die Hard was a Christmas movie. Nobody agreed with me. I think, it's, <laughs> I think culture is finally, has finally came my way, uh, <laughs> that they believe it's a Christmas movie, and so we watch it
2: every Christmas Does season. Does that movie inspire you to... Go witness and share the gospel <laughs> with people far from Jesus? Is that why it's a Christmas movie Possibly. Okay, good. Yeah, way to bring it around. Yeah, it
0: does. Somehow, some way. You it's have like, to redeem
2: the pastors. Yeah, sometime. redeem the <laughs>
0: pastors. But I also like It's a Wonderful Life. It's one of my favorite movies. We yeah, watch yeah. that one pretty regularly. Love that um, one. That's a great one.
2: Love uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Yep, it's a great one. Um, Family-wise, uh, probably Elf. Elf, yeah. Yep. I mean, how do you, especially when you got grandbabies, you know, grandkids, yep. you love Elf and uh, we watched Christmas with the Cranks this year. It's I First time I've that ever one. seen that one. That was that was pretty funny. Uh, the Grinch with Jim Carrey. We watch that yep. every year when
1: we're yep. putting the tree up. Yeah, love that one. That's awesome. You guys yeah.
0: watch those old um, weird, creepy animated like no. Rudolph and the Frosty the Frost oh. and Snowman ones? Why, yes,
2: yes. yes, yes. Oh, I forgot about those. those now, all now our athlete. youngest daughter Clarissa, those absolutely mess her up. She yeah. she walks out of the room. Yeah, they're but it's hilarious. Kind of it's like.
1: Oh, I haven't watched those in They're a while. All, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> we
0: actually started doing something with a group of our friends even started during COVID when the whole world was shut down. The only thing that you could get into, uh, was the movie theater, which is mm-hmm. weird. It, it just happened. Yeah, right. And so this is true. Janet figured it. My wife figured out a way we could literally, we, we would get the entire movie theater one whole theater for like 25 bucks. Wow. The whole thing. And just, we just, and, and slow. they let us get, we had a, be spread out but we're all families so we sat together but and so we would literally us and this a handful of friends we'd be in this movie theater and they would look li- like playing personally for us it's mm. a white christmas really what it's yeah. awesome so we did it we, we're, we're looking offended, at it because i never got invited that's okay <laughs> that's awesome but uh actually you did you did once i do remember <laughs> once the uh in the uh, it's but, a but,
2: uh one-time
0: invite <laughs> and if you don't take it up it was always kind of it, was,
2: it, it was always impromptu Right.
0: He was there.
1: I mean, it, I, I, I mean, it has only been a couple of years since COVID. So, yeah, I mean, that's like 50% of the.
0: So he, um, and so, yeah, so it was, uh, it was always impromptu because we get out of church, it seemed, usually, and Janet go, you guys want to go see, we
2: go, yeah, let's you go. do those like midnight movies. Yeah, well, you know, that's how we are. And, uh, and like, so, we're sleep. night owls. And
0: yeah. so, anyway, so we started that. We're trying to think we're going to go see a few this Christmas season. That's we great. won't be able to get the whole thing to, to ourselves anymore, but. That's
1: okay. What a shame. I know. A shame. We
0: saw everything. We literally saw every Christmas movie known to man, I think, that, 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 that winter. It was kind of kind of fun.
1: I couldn't do it. Yep. Anyways. Good. <laughs> so
0: so now we've talked about, you know, some of the awful uh, beginning parts and everybody wants to, con- to be controversial about. And then we talked about some, you know, some nice homey stuff. And we talked about some movie stuff. If you had to um, recall one Christmas memory, you can get you in trouble. Just one, so go ahead and let everybody know it just because they leave yours out doesn't mean they don't love you. I'm just saying, but if you get there's one thing because you know you're thinking about it right now, what is that one Christmas memory that you have that really stands out? I'll go first. I can remember I was uh, we had just moved to Pierce Street there in West Memphis, right across from the high school, and it was a, a big snow, it was in the mid 70s. And uh, it was all the cousins and everybody were there, and they made us go into the uh, – we were all, for whatever reason, herded into the uh, my bedroom area. And uh, the next thing I know, uh, we hear some scuffling going on outside, and one of the kids op- looks outside, and there's Santa Claus. Mm. And he was in there doing his – in the mm. window, dancing around, and we're all freaking out and screaming and hollering. And, and then we come out. And the and because at the time there was just a you know a few boxes around the tree, but when we came back out there, it was full of everything. For mm. and so I guess what had happened, all my cut all of our uncles and aunts had brought. all – It was my uncle who was playing, pretending to be Santa Claus. So if you guys who still believe in Santa Claus, I'm not saying he's not there. I'm just saying that day my <laughs> uncle portrayed him, and so my uncle Leon uh, portrayed portrayed yeah, portrayed Santa Claus and and uh, kept our attention long enough for the parents to. Uh, to put out all the gifts out there that they had brought, I guess had brought yeah. from Mississippi and all over the place mm-hmm. where they were all from. So, so it was real fun. It was fun, Christmas Eve. And that kind of started something where we really do our extended family stuff on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. It's kind of when we would go, when we would do Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah.
1: You know, when you go to pick up your prescription and they ask you for your birthday and mm-hmm. you, and you have this moment where you say, I know my birthday, just give me a second. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how I feel. Um, <laughs> that's why
0: he went first. So, I gave you a minute.
1: I think the one that keeps jumping back into my mind is, is um, again, it's just because my wife is awesome, and uh, I know she'll hear this later, but it's true. Um, she loves to drive around and look at lights. Oh, nice. And uh, we drive around, we look at lights, and we give our kids these, these hot chocolate drinks that, you know, they've got the lid so mm-hmm. they can't spill them, and um, there's that walkway in the jackson park you know what i'm talking Mm -hmm. about when they put the lights up and it's a simple memory but we've done that a few times and um i think i remember it so much because it's that extra step you take you know everybody everybody wakes up and has christmas morning together but it's those extra steps you take to spend more time with family i think Mm -hmm. those are most memorable to me
2: yeah yeah Yeah. cool yeah those are great you know we have those we we do some things with our kids every year Going, looking at lights. We go to St. Charles. We love that old town feel. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm I'm gonna go a little deeper, sentimental on a past memory. You know, this uh, my mother is gone. She's in heaven. Um, December 8th was one year. So you know, Christmas for us last year was we were still kind of in shock. So it's like we don't even remember Christmas last Mm -hmm. year, really. This year, it's a little different for us. You know, this year, we're thinking about, you know, that, that empty spot there. So, of course, I think a lot of those memories. And probably for me, the the most uh, special one was at, at a very difficult time in our family's life. And I was maybe 10, 11 years old, uh, maybe 12 Um Mom was working in a sewing factory. We were very, you know, struggling financially. And my grandmother, Ruby, and my mom loved to go to the mall. And they would love to shop. And a lot of times they didn't have the money to buy things, but they just loved to go around and shop still, you know. And I remember we were in a department store, JCPenney or one of those, and there was a fur coat a white fur coat that my mother just fell in love with. And she looked at the price tag and there was no way she could afford it. And this was like, you know, end of summer. So, you know, they were already bringing out the coats and the Mm -hmm. winter stuff. And, um, and I noticed that though, and I'm just a kid, but I noticed it. And so when we came back, um, I started on my own mowing people's yards in the neighborhood, washing cars, you know, doing chores around the community. And I was actually, I saved all the money that I made. And then I had my grandmother take me to that department store and I put that coat on layaway Mm -hmm. for my Mm -hmm. mom and paid it off right before Christmas, got it out. And I just remember that, uh, in all the years, I mean, for 30 years, I've heard this story from my mom. And, uh, but that was the most special Christmas for her. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. And so it's special to me because it was special to her. That's awesome. I yeah, it was it's a really good story.
0: That is really good. So we've talked about a, a lot of different things. And, um, and so if you could remember another one, we're going to get you in trouble with. Do you remember one particular gift you ever got that kind of blew you away? Even if it's not that big a deal, it might have been something small, but it just blew you away. Cause well, I know with me um and it's I, I just thought of this question so I haven't thought about it we either. We appreciate these off the wall huh. questions. So I know you did. And so the uh, whenever I was uh, I can remember in nineteen I guess it was seventy eight. Um, the uh, my my dad my dad loved uh, the uh, tech. He was uh, he was very tight. Dude would not like whenever I became like a senior in high school he thought it was the stupidest thing on earth and fought it tooth and nail to rent a tux for like a prom. He thought that was just. And he made really good money. So it wasn't the money thing. He just thought it was didn't make any sense principally. And he said, I just go buy you a nice suit. You get something out of that, it's tucked. You're just going to have to take it back. I'm like, so he almost refused to the last minute. He would always, my mom, 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 thanks, mom. Mom would always eventually, it happened some way or the other. But, uh, but the one thing he didn't mind spending money on was technology. He loved technology and food, you know, because he was real poor growing up, dirt poor. And uh, they just, they didn't have anything. And so he always said he'll always have food. And then he loved tech. And so he'd always buy the most cutting edge thing. Like he had the very first home cartridge based. We we got he got it for us the uh, Atari twenty six hundred, which was, which was uh you know it was like six hundred seven hundred dollars in the mid seventies. It was ridiculous how much it cost. But the funniest one ever, because my dad, what I learned also was that he loved to do it too. He didn't wait till Christmas to do it. So I would hear things. In his room, his door would be closed, and I'd hear – he he's in there with this stuff for a month messing around with it. So one day I kept, hearing, I kept hearing music really <laughs> kind of weirdly faint, and I didn't know what he was doing. And then Christmas morning, he, uh, he said, I got one more thing, one more thing, because i have been wanting uh, a uh Sony Walkman. And so they just came out, literally just came out brand new. And uh so he goes off into his room, comes – I think he forgot he had it <laughs> and had them because he had two. And for me and my brother, and uh, he come down the hallway with those things on his ear, jamming out to uh, the midnight hour, which is an old, uh, old R and B song, stacked record, I think actually. And um, and so that's how I got my first Sony headset. It was kind of kind of cool. <laughs> anyways I remember it.
2: Yeah. You were you were a cool dude after you got that Walkman. Yeah, I was. I had, I had the Walkman. And waist, I, you know, that yeah, was a bad boy. Put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sporting it, wonder how many people are watching this right now. Remember the Walkman? Put it in the comments if you remember the Walkman. If you have no idea what we're talking about, Google young, it. Yeah. Were they
1: more reliable than the CDs? You know, when you went,
0: they
2: didn't the cassette? skip. Yeah, they didn't yeah. Skip. Oh, yeah.
1: those. Yeah. But now jogging with those, that was tough. You know, <laughs> you, you know. If the tape jogged
2: the tape got hung. You were in bad shape. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But they, had to they learn didn't all skip. The tricks.
1: Yeah. All right, go ahead. Um, all the gifts. I love them all equally. And <laughs> thank you to everybody. And, and uh, so my birthday is November 15th. My wife is two weeks before is, is on October 30th. Um, then my daughter's is November 22nd. Then Christmas. Then our anniversary is January 3rd. So there's so many things yeah. that run into one another. And so as I'm trying to figure out my favorite gift, I'm probably thinking about ones from my birthday. Um my mother once got me a laptop. I thought that was awesome. My wife has given me a few gifts and I'm, and I'm a big, I'm a big nerd. So I don't want to share those, you know, with you. One of them being a a virtual reality headset. Uh, I said it and uh, I love it. And, um, but I think the ones that are the most memorable is, uh, every now and then, you know, you get those, those monetary gifts from people that, uh, mean a lot to you, whether it be from family. Um, last year we got an anonymous one and, um, which was very awesome, very appreciated. And um, I think those probably stand out the most because of uh, what they, what, what they, what they mean, what they represent Mm -hmm. is uh, what they really want to give you for Christmas is, um, is, uh, is help when you need it, you know? So very good.
2: That's what I would have to say. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I'm sitting here racking my brain and honestly, and and I'm not trying to be like back to back, super sentimental stuff. (laughs) I honestly can't think of, I mean, you know, the gifts are always wonderful. Um, usually when my daughters say, dad, what are we going to get you for Christmas? This year? I have a, I am, I have the hardest oh, time telling yes. somebody what I want for Christmas. Right. When I answer this to my kids, I'm actually telling the truth. Family time, mm, yep. just being together. Let's go eat. Let's go look at lights. Let's just do something together. Uh, experience with my family means more to me than any personal gift. And so a few years back, Lisa and I started trying to focus more on that. And even with our kids and grandkids, we started purchasing them experiences Mm -hmm. like, you know, not just a gift, but maybe tickets to some place they would really enjoy going for a day. It's not something they're going to bring home with them, but they're going to carry the memories. That's really good. Mm -hmm. So just having memories, those special moments when our kids have just said, let's go do something together. Those, those are the best gifts for me. That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: So let's flip it a little bit, and uh, I think you can add to this, Jared. I know he can. Um, And this is going to be totally off the wall as well. Um, Christmas and church. As we know, um, Christmas and Easter are what we call the Super Bowl uh, for us because these are opportunities for people who come come in from invitation, family-based stuff. They'll come in, or neighbors. It seems like we have people that come on those particular holidays, Christmas being one of those, mm-hmm. when they normally would not. Um, and so when you think about the Christmas season and, and as it relates to church, just personally, um, how does that, how does that uh, chime with you? How does that ring with you?
1: I understand, I think, for an established Christian why they would feel the temptation to look at people that show up on Easter alone and show up on Christmas alone and think, where are they for the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. I do understand that, I get that. But what I like about these opportunities for Easter and Christmas is, in a sense, they represent Sundays, right? We don't, Sundays are a day that we have chosen to come together and to gather together and to be uplifted, to be taught, um, to be around like-minded individuals. And um, even though you need Christ Monday through Saturday, right? And so, in a sense, these holidays act as reminders for people that they really need to get back. They really need to get back in. Maybe it's guilt. I imagine for a lot of people it's probably guilt, but I think for others it it might not be so much uh guilt. It might be just that oh, I really need to get back into church, you know and so I understand the temptation to you know wish you could see these individuals more. I think that's of course the desired goal, but it's it's good to see them come in. That's what I have to say mm, that's good that's good.
0: I know for me it generally. It's one of two ways I've, I've had to prepare. I seems I've been involved with the uh, production side pretty much since the beginning. And so I've had to concentrate on the message at some level, but then production side of it, which for some people that may sound foreign, but, but on some level there was always some production value going on, whether it was theatrical, whether it was the, uh, a play, whatever it was. So I was, Christmas is always getting the place ready. All those things have always consumed me, right? And uh, during the Christmas season, and so um, and it's weird because I always, whenever, really, my thing with the church and the Christmas season is a true story. Whatever, whenever that last message is, whenever that last, when that, when that last amen is said on mm-hmm. that last day, whether it's on the twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth, or the twenty fifth, whatever day it falls on, your last Christmas it's that moment is when I like it's like I sometimes I almost literally break down every time it like, it almost, it brings me to tears. Cause it's not that it's over and it just cause it, it's calm it's finally you relax and you see, and you see the impact it had on mm-hmm. for some people <clears throat> and it really gets to me every, every say, cause I know for some, for preachers and for people who prepare for this, it's a lot. And, and people get in a weird mode during this holiday season and, and they're kind of, observational versus receiving a lot of times. And I get it because it's a lot changed. And right. so we're and trying to, and I know he'll probably add to this, trying to come, how do you do this in an original way and to present something that's been presented a thousand times in a, in, a, and how do you do this in a way that's, uh, that grabs people's attention and grabs their hearts and, and can lead somebody to Christ with it. And so, but when it's all over, all that weight almost with it, when it's over, it's like, man, it's like it's, Not that God uh, talks to me specifically on this, but it's almost sometimes, even if it feels like on one hand, I feel like we didn't do a very good job, right, or we didn't do much or whatever, I still almost have that, well done, you're done. Mm -hmm. You've made it, Mm -hmm. and uh, and 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 you did what you could do with what you had, and you made the most out of it. Now get out of the way and let me impact people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, when you think about Easter and Christmas, um, both of these being huge holidays, and tied to church, <clears throat> you know, for me, the pressure, it's not pressure, it's it's uh, it's anticipation, yep. it's excitement. I mean, you think about it, the two greatest theological truths that we as a church can communicate to the masses of people. One, that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that he didn't just come and go straight to a cross, that he was born. That's right. That he lived the life of a child. A human life. That he went through, uh, yeah, a human life, a human family. He went through puberty. Yep. How many people struggle thinking about God going through puberty, right? Teenager, young man uh, going into his adulthood at 30, right, looked at in Jewish culture, taking time to mentor 12 guys that most people would have never chosen. Mm. Yep investing his life into the kingdom, and dying on the cross, being buried, and rising from the dead between Christmas and Easter, all of that is on full display. Mm. It's the greatest message in the world, that God came, that God understands, that he entered into our mess, our chaos, our darkness. He died in our place. He was buried, and he arose from the grave to give us eternal life. I mean, all of that culminates in the calendar on two specific days that gives us the opportunity that that's all we have to talk about. I mean, it is the heartbeat of the gospel. And because of our culture, let's just be honest, we're going to have an opportunity to share that most important message with more people because our culture has yep. made Eastern Christmas big deals. Even if they come from a totally non-Christian, non-religious background, Once they get invited, hey, come to church with me on Easter. Hey, come to church with me on Christmas. And we look at this opportunity, when you look at it from the heart of an evangelist, when you look at it from the eyes of Jesus, it's like I feel the pressure of Jesus. Like I've given you, you know, you get 52 Sundays a year. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Live it out. But two of those, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: two of those every year, God's like, I will send you extra people. (laughs) To share the gospel if you do it right. So um, there is this incredible um, anticipation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I absolutely love having these holidays on a Sunday and being, you know, or, you know, that time of the year being able to celebrate them. I love having specific times of the year to be able to just get the gospel to people. Um, I understand the pressure. We all feel the pressure of how in the world do you keep, um, current and creative in communicating now at the same time understanding the message itself is powerful enough all by itself and 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 i think sometimes for church leaders we fear just preaching on him coming just preaching on the resurrection in those two holidays that the person who's been a christian for a long time is just going to be like humdrum Mm -hmm do something to grab my attention. And I think there's a balance we have to find. I know we work hard on this. We we put extra efforts into Easter and Christmas, but we have not at this point went to the extreme that we see some churches do. Yeah. Like we put creative elements, we decorate the building and all that. We may do some, you know, egg drops and all that stuff just to make it fun for the kids. Yeah. But it's central, it's it's the weekend's focused on the gospel. Yeah. Um, where some have just gone complete pageant, yep. you know, complete theatrical performance, and I'm not against that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I watch them on YouTube, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's awesome." I wish, <laughs> I wish we had angels flying over the, <laughs> over the crowd, you know. Uh, but what I want to say is there is a balance that we have to find, mm-hmm. uh, because it's the gospel in itself should be powerful, and as believers. We should be so in love with the Lord and so reminded of what He did for us that no matter how long we're a believer, we should never lose the all—the awe, all awe that God became a man, the all that God would go to the cross okay. and rise from the grave.
1: I wanted to segue in, into a quick question, if I may. I, I'm I'm fresh on the team, and I've loved learning from you two. You know the the, the uh, Jewish and Greek history, the biblical application and um, and principles. How do you, since I haven't lived through ministry? um, or through the Christmas season, um, how do you work hard as you, as you talk about, but, but you don't lose the spirit. And where this question I think can apply to the listeners at home is how do you enjoy your Christmas traditions without losing sight of what it means?
0: I think it's just ingrained. Literally. I was like, no matter what I'm doing, no matter if it's a, if it's a, if it's everything we're doing is in preparation is, is a simple task or if it's, So if it's, if it consumes you for three, six, seven consecutive days where you're just literally here and doing the things you do in order to get, I'm not even thinking about how much work it is, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm really not. It's like, it's again, it's it's, just, it's what you, I'm going to tell you what I tell and and maybe this will help explain it. I'll tell you what I tell my guys in production, in media. Um, I take very seriously what we do on Sundays, and I consider that platform an altar. And mm. an altar is where, where, where is where is life and death. It's and good. I believe what we do is life and death. I believe that the we in within our responsibility is people's eternity. Yeah, and and I feel that way. I feel that burden. I've always felt that burden since I stepped foot into any role mm-hmm. within the church. Yeah. And that really applies really to anybody here. Whether you're you're guiding somebody into the to the parking lot or you're walking them into the door, greeting them, whether right. you're giving them a coffee, right. that's an right. altar you're working with. And your responsibility in your hands is mm-hmm. is is, is, a, is, a, is an eternity, one way or the other. And if you feel that way, you can't feel like you can't feel it grudgingly. And if it, to sure. me, if you start feeling it, it's like a it's a it's a it's it's a grudge, then you probably need to step mm-hmm. away at that point.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think if we're caught up with the all of the simple truth. Yep. If we don't lose the all of that, then all of the work we do, <clears throat> we <clears throat> we want to be creative. Yep. <clears throat> you want to give it your very best Effort. If you think about there's going to be more people here that I have the opportunity to tell them that God became a man or Mm -hmm. that Jesus died and rose again, why would we not want to glorify God and give it our very best Mm -hmm. effort? Do something a little more creative than the normal Sunday. Give it excellence. Excellence to a higher level than we do any other time of the year. It's the most important message. You've got the most folks there who may not know Christ, that you have an opportunity to share the gospel. And when you don't lose the all yourself,
1: yeah, mm.
2: then the preparation work doesn't become a responsibility. It becomes a privilege. It's mm. good. And as long as you keep the all of the moment, you won't begrudge the effort it's going to take to make the weekend happen.
0: It's good. So we're going to end on this thought. Um, so we've talked about a lot and let's, uh, wrap it up by talking what you hope people as they're sitting there right now in their living rooms, um, taking, uh, do having Christmas. What do you hope, uh, would you like to see, uh, for them to take away from this, from this day, this moment in time together? Cause we don't know where people are. There's people that have an empty house. Yes. Uh, people who've lost a lot and they look at this time as a very depressing moment. Yes. Uh, there are those whose kids have went on and there's some with a house full right now. Right. And there's all these levels, but if they could take one thing away from it, uh, through the, the despair or the, the ecstasy and joy that they're experiencing right now, Mm. what could that one element be? Got them. Hmm.
1: um, well, if you gave me two more minutes, I might say something else, but you didn't. So I'll say this, um, strike a balance between enjoying the traditions and remembering the purpose of the season. You know, don't feel like you can't enjoy the traditions. You can't enjoy your family time. Don't feel guilty about what you love about Christmas. We hear often that Christmas isn't about giving. That's absolutely correct, right? At least in regards to us giving to one another, it is about giving, right? What Christ gave us and what God gave us. Enjoy that aspect of Christmas and remember and realize what that represents and have a congruent view between your, the traditions that you hold dear, but also the, the, the purpose of the season. That's what I'd say. It's, good. it's awesome. It's
0: good. Yeah, I know. We were talking earlier, and uh, I mean, it comes down to the simple truth. This come to get to the simple truth. What's the reason for the season? You hear it all the time. It's about Christ. That God Himself came in the came in the in a flesh yeah. form yeah. to redeem us to save us, and it started out in the form of a man as a child, and and that's what this time is all about. Is celebrating the fact that God would step into. Pastor said it many times. He stepped into our mess. He stepped into our her circumstances, and don't get hung up on the historical of it all. It's the theological of it all. We're this mm-hmm. is a, this is the theology is what it is. When I say theology, don't let that scare you. Just no, this is the this is what it's 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 an a, it's an a god event. It's a god given event mm-hmm. that that took place, and that's what you should celebrate that God intervened into our existence, which He is, and for Him to do that when He didn't have to do that. To me, I'd leave you in some semblance of awe.
2: Amen, amen. Mm-hmm. I would say to you during this Christmas season that you learn, listen to both of these men, and you give yourself permission to experience the joys, the the fun of Christmas, the traditions of Christmas. Give yourself permission, as long as you are allowing the truth of it being about Christ, as what Pastor Darren just said, and that God came into your mess and sent you His Son so that you mm-hmm. could know him, that allowed that to increase your celebrations. But also knowing, even if your celebrations aren't so joyful right now, if there is loss, if there's hurt, this time of the year is difficult for you, no matter what stage you're in, the truth of Christmas that God sent his son into the world, that Jesus came. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send a prophet. He came himself. God came, Emmanuel. God is with us. May the truth of God coming into the world for you give you the joy to go through this season, whether it is filled with family and friends or even if it's filled with loss and sadness of lost loved ones and you know emptiness you may feel. Know the joy of the Lord is what gives you strength. and joy and happiness are not the same thing. You're going to be happy at times. You're also going to be unhappy at times. Joy comes from the Lord. And what joy is, is the rock solid assurance that you can have knowing that God is with you through his son, Jesus, that he understands you because he became one of us. Hebrews 4 says he is a high priest that you can go to who understands every moment. He understands your joy and laughter. So enjoy and laugh. He also enjoys your grief, or he doesn't enjoy it. He understands your grief. He understands your pain. So go to him. As Psalm 121 says, look up where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord. Amen. And let the joy, that rock-solid assurance that God knows you, God understands you, and God is with you because he sent his son. Let that joy be the strength that gets you through this season, keeps your eyes focused on Christ, and you can have a heart of worship even in this season, no matter what you're facing.
0: Amen. I'm just thankful that, uh, like John 3 says, God gave. Mm-hmm. And he didn't just give to, to, the, to the rich. He didn't give, just give to a certain group of people. He no. said the, the whomsoevers aren't world. you guys glad to be part of the whomsoever yes. Amen. i'm Amen. thankful to be a whomsoever Amen. and That's good. you're also a whomsoever Amen. and hey we hope that you guys have a wonderful christmas day and just know that be worshipful of your of your of your christ of your savior and have a wonderful christmas experience but we also hope that you will live a life complete and a life on point and we'll see you guys all next year
2: merry christmas merry see christmas